Something happened years ago that put her into this. It's not that I'm perfect about it. It's not that I never make a mistake with it. I get into some pretty weird places sometimes. You know, I don't, I don't always hit it right. And of course, as a missionary, we travel a lot. And we've seen a lot of different things. But one particular afternoon, we were traveling north up through Illinois. And we were headed to a place north of Chicago, just a bit north of Chicago. And as we got close, we came into the town of Joliet, which is on the south side of Chicago, if you know anything about that area. And it was still fairly suburban looking. I don't know what it is now. I haven't been there for a while. But it, was, it seemed like a fairly calm area. And I knew that, and we'd never been to Chicago, but I, but I knew that Chicago was a big city. And I thought, I really don't want to stop for the night in Chicago. I, and so I turned to her and I said, look, there are a lot of hotels, motels here along the side of the road. Let's just get one of these nice places and spend the night. And it was fairly early. I, I think it was around 4 o'clock. And she said, oh, but we can be in Chicago in just a few you know, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And, and she said, we've never been to Chicago. And wouldn't it be wonderful to spend the night in the city? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but she insisted. And, you know, I mean, I try to keep her around. And, and uh, so I finally relented. And uh, I said, all right, but I said, and I said, we could go through Chicago, it'll be rush hour, and it's going to take a while, but we could get to the other side of Chicago eventually, and we could find a place on the outskirts on the north side of Chicago, but I want to stay in the city. I want to see Chicago. <sighs> I, I think I'm a little smarter now than I was then, but I gave in, and I said, all right, all right. This was before cell phones. Uh, there might have been internet by then, I don't know, but it, there wasn't much of it. We certainly didn't have it in the vehicle with us, let's put it that way. So uh, we passed all these beautiful Ramadas and uh, Hiltons and I don't know, all these beautiful places, Red Roof Inns and just nice looking places and we just kept going and we got into Chicago. <laughs> yes, right about rush hour. And it was... And we... Trudging through around the part of Chicago. And so we finally got around to kind of moving to where it looked like we might be going out of Chicago a little bit. And she said, aren't we going to spend the night in Chicago? And I'm looking around going, I really don't think that's a good idea. It doesn't look very nice. But she's like, no, we really have to. This is maybe our only time to be in Chicago. We've got to do this. And so I said, all right. So I started looking around for a place to stay. And I, not knowing anything about the place, about Chicago, didn't know the areas, which areas were better, which areas were worse, I had no idea. So here we are in wherever area where we are, and uh, we see a, a motel sign. So it didn't look too bad. So I pulled in the parking lot, and I went inside and talked to the man who sort of spoke English, and we back and forth, and it, it wasn't French, um, Okay. <laughs> uh, so we, we, I go inside and the guy says, yeah, I got a room for you. Well, yeah. We had the three children were pretty small, so we figured we could just all get in one room. And, and Aura was always tiny. Those of you who know my daughter, she's very small and she was always very small. So we would always, you know, just make her a little pallet on the floor. The two boys could take one big bed. We would take the other bed. And there we go. And so we're going we're gonna to do that in this hotel in, in Chicago, motel. All right. So we go inside. 
And we're all trying to make the best of this. We're all trying to say, and it's getting late now. By the time we get the rush hour thing and we got a little bit of something to eat and we're just trying to make the best of it, but it's getting late. It's getting dark. And the area just doesn't look that great. But we, so we're going to get in the room. Just get in the room. Bags in the room. We go, boom. And we came in, flipped on the lights, and roaches ran everywhere. Boom. <laughs> and I looked at my wife, <laughs> and she looked at me, <laughs> and I said, I said, I guess we have to stay. I really don't know what else to do. And she said, well, but, but the roaches. I said, I, I, said we, I don't have time to get out. I, it's too late. And we're just going to have to make the best of it. So I said, here's what we do. Everybody's sleeping in their clothes. No, no suitcases are going to be opened. You know, Just set them off to the side, and we'll leave the bathroom light on, and maybe the roaches will just you know, stay away from us a little bit. So okay, we laid down to sleep. In the middle of the night, we hear boom, 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 boom. All night long gunfire all around us. A person was killed three blocks away, we found out later, uh, that night. Now, all that to say, <laughs> do you think we rested well that night? <laughs> we didn't rest at all. We might as well have dro- driven on because there was no rest going on. Rest is, a, is an interesting concept, you know. I think that it's, uh, I think I'm not too far off base if I say that the concept of rest and the concept of faith are very closely tied together. You know what I said? The concept of rest and the concept of faith are very closely tied together. Why didn't we rest? We had no confidence whatsoever in the place where we were staying. We were hearing gunfire. We were watching. Well, actually, the roaches were watching us. They were just hanging around on the wall waiting for opportunity. And uh, so we, 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 just, we didn't rest because we had no confidence in the place where we were. We had no faith that this was a good thing for us. And so we did not rest very well. Jesus here makes a beautiful declaration. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. There's a context, of course, to everything we find in the Bible. And we usually just hear these verses by themselves. Again, whether it's uh, spoken to us, preached to us, declared to us, sung to us, whatever it might be, uh, these words stand alone, and they're good alone. I'm not going uh, to discredit that. These are, these are wonderful, comforting verses, and, and, and they encourage us greatly. And there's much truth just in this little kernel right here. But they do come in a context. They do come in a context of something that we don't tend to think about, I think, when we think of these verses. Uh, If you'll bear with me, I'd like to go back to the beginning of this chapter and just read down through it as quickly as I can here. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 1. It came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said, and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So far, that seems to fit with my general concept of come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. That sounds just as much a part of that invitation as anything else. Things begin to change a little bit. Jesus begins to speak some harsh words at this point to those who are gathered around him. 
And as they departed, it says in verse 7, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Now these people have pretty much, the majority of them, at one point, there, there, was, a lot, there was a lot of people who, who liked what John the Baptist was doing, adhered to his message at least to some degree, but then he became rejected also. They, they, they began to pull away from him, and he's, he's too radical, this is too harsh. And so what happens is, and Jesus is upbraiding the people for this. He said, since John the Baptist came on the scene, the kingdom of God has suffered great violence. He's being a little harsh to these people. Uh, in verse 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. And he that hath ears to hear, let him hear but whereunto shall I liken this generation? Is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped for you and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you and you have not lamented. Uh, it's, we, it, 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 he gives this example. Apparently, this was a common saying, and we won't go too long into that. But it, it's like, you know, we, we're looking for a show from you. He had already said, what did you go out to see? A, a reed shaken by the wind? Did you go out there just for some kind of noise, for some kind of show? Or did you listen to the message that he was proclaiming? Apparently, you didn't listen to the message. Apparently, you didn't accept the, the idea that he was putting, putting forth of repentance. And so you're like these children out there. You don't dance when we, when we play our, our, our instruments for you. You don't, you don't uh, do, the, do the, the game of, of, of crying when we, have a, 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 we play these, these, these sad games and things. You don't, you don't play along. And he said in verse 18, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath a devil. The son of man came, came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified for children. I love that expression. <laughs> and, and again, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but uh, it's kind of, I, I, I kind of bring it into the modern vernacular is uh, the proof is in the pudding. You know, you'll see what the truth is. And I don't think Jesus is being a smart aleck here, but he's saying, this is all going to come out. This is all going to be made clear in time. The wisdom is uh, justified of her children. Wisdom is declared and showed what it is by her children, by her results. Then began he to upbraid the cities, wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, a uh, one to ye, Bethsaida, for if, thy mighty work, uh, if the mighty works which are done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had, have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. This is harsh stuff. <laughs> And at that time, all right, we're getting a transition here from Jesus. At that time, at this moment, at this juncture, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. He begins to pray, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. 
Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. Now speaking to the people again. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me. Come unto me. There's a, there's a harshness in the tone as we go through this. There is a, 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 an understanding here of some, some things that are not right. And yet Jesus comes to those who would listen. He comes to those who are given to him of the Father, and he says, I have a message for you as well. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. We, why, why do we need rest? Because we labor. Why do we need rest? Because we labor. If you look on your paper there, I put down the different uh, definitions of the, of the original word, the Greek word that, has to do, uh, that comes to us as labor. Uh, skopeo, uh, what doesn't mean anything to you. But notice the very first, <laughs> the very first definition we get, a beating. <laughs> do you ever feel just beat down? Do you? These people who got the harsh treatment from Jesus, they should have felt a little beat down at that moment. They, they should have felt kind of beaten up at that point. But you know what? They should have felt beaten up even worse by the thing in which they were truly trusting instead of the words that Jesus gave them. His words were harsh, but they were also kind because they were so true and they were so necessary for those people to hear. He's, 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 to sum it up here, he's saying, you can, you can trust in one of two things. You can trust in all this religion that you already know and, and understand. And let me ask you, how's that working out for you? Or you can come unto me. I, I, can, I can just imagine Jesus, as, as compassionate as he was, looking at those folks and saying, I know what your religion is doing to you. It's beating you down. It says here a a beating of the breast with grief and sorrow, labor, of course, trouble, to cause one trouble, make work for him, intense labor, united with trouble and toil. A lot of things, that just we just feel the, the heaviness of it. We feel the, the pain that comes in from it. And, 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 and yet that's where they place their trust. And those who place their trust in religion or, or some sort of man-made system to try to, to relieve that anxiety they have about the fact that they're a sinner. I mean, people know they are. And if they're trusting in the wrong thing, they just feel it. And there's no, there's no rest. There's no, we'll see in a moment, but there's no place of rest for them. We need rest because we labor. Those who don't know Christ are laboring in their own power or in the power of the system that they're trusting to try to get some sort of rest, some sort of peace in their life, and it's not working, and it never works. Those of us who know Christ, if I may make application, that's the primary teaching that we've got here. And I, I trust that everybody here tonight has already come to Christ. You've heard the call. He says, come unto me, and you have come. I hope that's the case. If not, you need to do that tonight. But if you have a secondary application that we can see from this is those of us who are his children, sometimes we allow ourselves to slip back into that beaten down situation and that, that, that feeling of 
everything's against me. I'm just climbing, uh, uh, I'm climbing a ladder that's missing rungs, and I just, I just can't get anywhere. And Jesus has a message for us as well in this. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. He says here that we need rest to also be, I almost said tombe, I almost spoke Portuguese to you, that's terrible. <laughs> we, he, he also says that we need it because we're heavy laden. So whether in salvation or in the Christian life, we, we, we often labor fighting against the will of God, but we're also laden down many times. I've given you the definitions for this word too, the Greek word fortizo, and it's a pl to place a burden on, to load. Metaphorically it says to load one with a burden, and it's used many times in the Greek language in different ways of ceremonial uh, uh, pressures or ceremonial burdens, ceremonial necessity, if you will. You must follow these rules and regulations if you would have any sort of rest and peace in your life. This is what you must do. Here's the do's and don'ts of what you must do. That's where you've got to be. And Jesus is saying, if you're in that condition, whether it's because you're not saved, because you don't know him as your Savior, or whether you're in him, but you're just not letting him run things, we'll see a little more about that in a moment, the, 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 what you need to do is come unto me. Drop it. Get away from it. Forget the laboring that you're doing. Forget the burden that you're carrying. Bring it to me, and I will give you rest. Don't you love the I wills of the Bible? The promises that God makes to us. This one is conditional. <laughs> there are conditions here, but, well, there's one. Come unto me, he said, and I will give you rest. We load ourselves down with burdens that we shouldn't have. There are legitimate burdens, burdens obviously, that we have. There are, there, are, there are things that come into our lives that we just must deal with. That's not at all what we're talking about here. That is not the kind of uh, unloading and unburdening that we're talking about. Those things happen to all of us. The rain falls on the just and on the unjust. Sin has, has corrupted everything around us, and we just have to deal with that many times. And I wish that we're not so... In my own heart, I wish it were not so, but it is. But that's not what we're talking about here. The word that we have for rest is a beautiful word, too, in the original language. It's a little bit of a compound word, and the first part of it is just a preposition. Prepositions will kill you. If you're learning a, a, a new language, am I right, Bill? Prepositions will wipe you out, okay? My son-in-law speaks extremely good English. Uh, most people would say he speaks perfect English. Unless they listen long enough and carefully enough, they'll hear him mess up prepositions. It drives him crazy that we talk about getting on a bus or on a train. He thinks that's like up here on the roof. That's the way it sounds to him. That's the way that preposition sounds to him, on the bus, right? We are getting in the bus. We know that. And we might say that in some context, but we're going to get on the bus. We're going to get on the train. And he just, ah, doesn't make sense. And I have the same problem. In Portuguese, I speak pretty good Portuguese, but I get those things too sometimes, like, I don't know which preposition it is. Those things will kill you. But this is a, but Greek's got some pretty cool ones, all right? And this one, this preposition that's at the beginning of this compound word here is a word that means, I'm going to put it in my own terms again. <laughs> it means to be hanging out in the area of. Does that make any sense? To be in the vicinity of is right out there. And then the last part is a word that means cessation, stoppage, however you want to put it. So in other words, 
Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are laboring, you're getting beat up and you're trying and you're not making it, all you are just burdened down, and I'll put you in a place. He didn't say, I'll take away everything that's going on in your life. He didn't say he's going to fix every little thing that's going on in your life. He didn't say he's going to take away all of those normal burdens that we have to go through and carry. Uh, Galatians 6, it has, I think I have a reference to it on there, uh, talks about the, carrying one another's burdens, and then it talks about bearing our own burden. I mean, there are burdens that are just there, and they just have to be dealt with. But Jesus said, if you'll come to me in this condition... I'll put you in the place where no matter what's going on around you, you will be in the place of rest. To the person who doesn't know salvation, doesn't know their eternal destiny, this is super important. He will take you out of that doubting, uh, cloudy area of man-made thought And he himself will give you clarity. He will show you, and it's all right in here, in his word, he will show you what it means to be in the place of rest. Where there's no more fighting against God. Where there's no more competing with God. Where there's no more, as in the beginning, trying to be God. (laughs) Saying, I'm going to make the decisions. None of that but a place where no matter what the actual circumstances, no matter what's actually going on in your life, you can look around and say, that's okay. My faith is in Jesus Christ. My trust, my confidence is 100% in him. I have faith in one who will take care of me, and therefore I can rest. We think of resting as stopping. It's not exactly that. (laughs) It has to do with that. We think of resting as taking a siesta. You know? It's like, I'm going to, okay, that's good. I like it. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I like it. (laughs) Some people are much more go-getters than I am. Some people. I won't mention any names. Some people, I think, don't really know how to stop and take a break. And I have perfected the fine art of relaxation. So, (laughs) right, Danielle? (laughs) But that's not really what we're talking about here. We're not talking about personality. We're not even talking about desire and how you would like to do things in your life. We're talking about no matter what's going on. And and unfortunately, we as Christians many times just seem to go back and load ourselves right back down with the same old things. It's, It's sad, but it's true. We give it all to Christ because he said, come unto me and I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll give you rest. And we rest in him. Maybe our expectations are wrong. I don't know. Maybe we expect that he's just going to wipe it all out and then everything's going to be peachy and there's never going to be any more problems. I've heard people talk like that. It seems like that's a, that's a common thought. It's just not reality. Nobody promised you that. God didn't promise you that. Jesus said quite the contrary. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. That's just the way it is. So what's up? Why do we take it back? Why do we get back? Why do we walk out of the place of rest? We can't lose our salvation. I'm not saying that. But you know what? We can go back and, and, and just start doing it on our own again, fighting that battle, 
So I just can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't get there. I just can't have peace in my life. And the only thing we get from God, the only answer we get from Jesus Christ, and it is sufficient, is come unto me. I'm teaching the Sunday school on the book of Genesis and um, the first part of the book of Genesis. And I just love the picture where God calls out, Adam, where art thou? God knew where he was. <laughs> Adam need to rec- needed to recognize it. But the idea that God comes to man. What a wonderful thought. Because the other way around never works. Neither for salvation nor for our day-to-day Christian life. It will not ever work. His burden is light. But yet his burden is not something that just is, like I say, just laying around in a hammock. (laughs) It's not that. Because right after that, he says, take my yoke upon you. (laughs) A yoke is work. A yoke is work. I got to tell the story real quick. I told it in the Sunday school class too when I was talking about this idea. A guy came to plow our land in the Azor Islands with oxen. He had to go off and leave his oxen with me for a while. I was scared to death. I've never been around such a thing. He said, just stand here right in front of them. They'll be fine. These guys got horns out to here, you know, <laughs> massive animals. And I said, what if? He said, no, they won't do anything. If you're standing there, they won't do anything. Okay. And they didn't, thankfully. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> but I, I was contemplating that yoke thing while I was standing there looking at them in the yoke. And, and I thought about this passage. And I thought, well, if I got in the yoke with one of those oxen, I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be plowing. I'd be pulling a plow, you know. Only I really wouldn't be pulling the plow. Would I just kind of be accompanying the one with all the power? Come unto me. Get in the yoke with me. Let's just do this together, Jesus said. The context speaks of learning as well. He says, learn of me. Of me, we can take that as from him. You have some references there. We won't go into them right now, but you can look at them in John chapter 6. Uh, where Jesus speaks, about, speaks of himself and explains uh, things out of his own mouth. And we also need to learn of him as in about him. We need to study everything we can about him. Ephesians 4 talks about that. And then we also find that we need in the concept of being uh, learning of him how to be like him. How to be like him. First John 2, 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. We all need rest. We all do. We need physical rest. We need emotional rest. We need all these rests. We need all these things. But above all, we need to, to have a place that we know that we can be confident where there will be, no matter what work we're doing, no matter what is going on around us, what's happening to us, there needs to be a place where we can go and find rest. Jesus said, come. He said, learn. He said, rest. Could it be any simpler? It really couldn't, could it? We complicate things so many times. I don't know what your rest, the rest is that you need this evening. I don't know if maybe, you've, maybe you're still struggling with, with uh, <laughs> in your soul struggling with the fact that you don't know what's going to happen to you after this life 
and you're concerned about it, and you've tried things, and you may be trying something right now, and you know it's just not working, the simple message Jesus has is, come unto me, I will give you rest. Those of us who know him as Savior, are we walking in that place? Are we standing next to him in the yoke? Boy, that's, there it is. You want to know the place of rest? That's it, in the yoke with Jesus. Pastor.